Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I think this is a bad matchup for Dallas, but if they get behind, there's going to be a lot of nervous folks. This will be a train wreck that everyone has to watch. But what you got in return was the greatest retirement package I can think of in sports. Give me one thing that indicates that this team knows what the hell they're doing. They don't love the game. No, they understand the game. He earned the right to be the head coach of the Texans. Both of these African-American males earned the right to keep their jobs. And neither one of them have a job. They give Dallas problems. You are naming those who shall not be named. What are you doing right now? Am I canceled yet? Get your up out of here. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are here for yet another edition. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard. Please make us a part of your podcast menu. And when you listen, please comment, rate, like, share, all of those good things so we can keep this thing growing and growing like it has been exponentially because of you guys. Well, this time out, we will get into a number of things, but let me catch up on a few things that I want you to know about, ways that you can be interactive. First and foremost, you can give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. You can leave a message 24 hours a day. You can ask a question. You can make a comment. You can give me some critiques, whatever you want to get into, and you just might end up on the very next podcast. Podcast. So we have that way to be interactive. Also, you can go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook and the fan page on Facebook. Join that group, like that fan page, and those uh, pages are both interactive. They're things that are posted there all the time. There are other folks who listen just like you, and uh, they interact with one another and post. And a lot of folks have their favorite teams. They talk about them, and we have a chance to sort of chop it up a little bit on the group page. So that's happening the website the website website is down but you might want to save it nonetheless because it's coming back at some point soon i hope wadeswordproductions.com that's wadeswordproductions.com and you can listen to all the past episodes when it's up and you can check out all the information about us and what we do and other things that we have going on so this time out we have king t terrence harris back in the building we're gonna hit you with some headlines we're gonna talk some nfl within those headlines in addition to that we have a award for the big dummy of the episode and we just might get into the Juan Flores entertainment moment we'll see if we're going to work that one out waiting anticipating a visit with Biscuit so we'll have to see how that happens so without further ado let's get this thing rolling with some headlines in headlines well we're in Texas so let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, you've probably heard about them ad nauseum. That game dissected, that team dissected. But I have to get in. I have to pile on a little bit because I called that shot. I knew that the Dallas Cowboys would do what the Dallas Cowboys 
did, and that was losing the opening round of the playoffs to an inferior team. Because uh, Marion Christian alumni, fellow Marion Christian alumni, Will McClay has put together a talented team. So when you lose, when you have more talent and you're at home, you have to start to ask yourself the tough questions. Were they prepared to play? 14 penalties would indicate no. I mean, obviously it was a bad matchup, but you can't have 14 penalties. Did you make good decisions? You didn't. Is it from your coach? A lot of people want to fire Mike McCarthy. I mean, again, okay, replace him with whom? Are you going to go with Dan Quinn, whom himself blew a Super Bowl in Atlanta? Uh, in that way, actually, the game he blew the Super Bowl here in Houston while he was coaching for Atlanta. But he's the hot commodity. Do you fire McCarthy and be reactive and go with Dan Quinn? What do you looking for for a replacement and, and I mean there are several coaches out there I'm sure will be better options when you do that you revamp almost everything so are you close enough that you think somehow you can get over the top because you have the talent you have the quarterback you have the running backs you have the receivers you have the offensive line you have the offensive line you have you need some beef up on the defensive front but you have a a super talented linebacker, Micah Parsons. You have Diggs in the secondary. So you have a lot of talent on that team. Is it something that can be overcome? Do they just need to learn how to win? But here's my question. A lot of people are going to be upset about this, but you can take it how you want to take it. My question is, and I have to think about this, is Dak the right quarterback for that franchise? Now, I think that Dak is certainly a franchise-level quarterback, but all franchise-level quarterbacks are not Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. Now, again, and all Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks are not franchise quarterbacks. He's the kind of guy that can lead this organization for years and years and years with a great degree of success. But can he get to the Super Bowl with this team? Here's the difference. You say, why this team? Because that's the most popular team in all the NFL, the spotlight, they get disproportionate attention from media and fans all over the country and all over the world. Everybody loves or hates the Dallas Cowboys, but they make news whenever anything happens in Dallas. So if you're the quarterback there, you are in the eye of the storm. You are in the center of the hurricane. And is that something that he can handle? I don't know. It didn't look like it Sunday. He did not handle himself. I mean, think about the, what, four downs uh, in the fourth quarter uh, that, that where well, you went four and out, no yards. Then the, the final play, you had no more football awareness. Now, you can blame the coach. Oh, they didn't coach him up. They didn't prepare him. Does Tom Brady make that mistake? Does Aaron Rodgers make that mistake? Veteran successful quarterbacks who win championships, do they make that mistake not knowing situational football? Knowing that, come on, with 14 seconds, man, you cutting it close. Now, if had you gotten that ball killed, it would have been amazing. But people act like it was a given that Dallas was going to get a touchdown from 30 yards out on the last play of the game. Come on, y'all. I mean, stop suspending reality here. Then on top of that, they went in and concentrated on the reps. The reps didn't put you down 23-7. to the refs gave, uh, really didn't give you, you earned 14 penalties. The Gregory penalty, where he literally wrapped his arms around the guard and tackled him in a crucial situation. 
You have to be smarter than that. All the offsides penalties, all the pre-snap stuff. What are you doing? How are you not prepared for this? And McCarthy said something to the effect of his team was nervous before the game. Okay, nervous. Okay, nervous. I'm sure a lot of people are nervous in a lot of situations, but you go out and get your job done. You go out and step up and get it done. And they just not didn't get it done. Also, their, their schedule was uh, was deceptive. I mean, their record was deceptive because they didn't beat a lot of quality teams. They beat Philadelphia twice, a playoff team. I think they beat New England. And, I, you know, early on, the biggest win was against the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers sort of fell apart and didn't make the playoffs. So they had three or four wins against playoff teams. Other than that, that means the rest of your wins came against inferior opponents. So you got to this point. What do you do now? I really kind of don't care. <laughs> but what I did do is I did take the night off. I mean, I gave them the night to mourn. Sun, what is it, Sunday night? I gave them Sunday night. Didn't go on social media. Because, look, I'm telling you, they love hard. They hurt bad. And you know there was some TVs shattered. There was some windows busted out of some houses. There was some fist fights. I mean, it was a lot that went on. Never forget at Reliance Stadium here in Houston. Big tailgate. Cowboys came to town. Regular season game. And there was so many fights in the parking lot that they shut down tailgating. After that point, you could not come into the parking lot unless you had a ticket to the game. Um, that was those were Cowboy fans. Now, I know you have some Raiders fans that are crazy. But, but by and large, nationally and internationally, Dallas Cowboy fans love hard. And so I gave them Sunday night, and then I gave some of them the blues. And, boy, Twitter is perfect for stuff like this. Man, the creativity, the online funeral services for the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboy Nation, all of that stuff. But I tell you what, uh, the playoffs roll on. And they roll on in a major way because there are some great games coming up. Cincinnati, I was wrong about that game. They beat the Raiders. Raiders were game, but they could not get it done down the stretch. Hey, I have to say, Joe Burrow was nice. He He stepped up and he played up to the moment. I mean, that's what you do when you are trying to get somewhere. When the moment is there, you step up and meet the moment. And that's what he did. In addition to that, on the other side in the AFC, man, Buffalo had a perfect, perfect offensive night versus New England. And I tweeted this, that Bill Belichick will not lose to the Buffalo Bills until 2028. Because the shellacking they put on him, that was embarrassing. And now you're starting to hear the talk about, oh, well, Belichick can't get it done without Brady. Well, he had a rookie quarterback. Initially, I thought he should have stuck with Cam. Cam kind of flamed out in Carolina. And Mac Jones was better than a lot of people thought. I don't think he's ready to make a Super Bowl run. I don't think many people did. I think for about four or five weeks in there, people thought that. But Buffalo had seven touchdowns on seven possessions. The only time that they did not score was when they took a knee at the end of the first half and at the end of the game. No punts, no field goals, just touchdowns, seven touchdowns. And you have to think about Josh Allen. This is a battle for the future. Now, last Super Bowl – with Kansas City and Tampa, 
you were like, okay, it is the all-time great versus the next all-time great. Now this is about the future of the league. Buffalo at Kansas City should be a great matchup because Kansas City was fantastic. I was wrong about that game. Now, I was right in that I chose Kansas City to win the game, but I thought Pittsburgh would cover. Pittsburgh (laughs) didn't come close. Didn't come close, and that's the end for Big Ben. But, boy, that is going to be the matchup of the weekend. The second best game, I think, is Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. It's the Rams at Tampa Bay. And, boy, the Rams were looking. Okay, so was it the Rams looked so good or did Arizona look that bad? I think it was a lot of both. (laughs) A lot of both. And I think that uh, Odell Beckham has gotten going. I would have liked to see Cooper Cup get more involved. He did get a touchdown. But he didn't dominate the game in the way you would like, knowing that they were designing the defense to take him out of it. Tyler Higby did uh, work. And then, look, Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers. Woof. What? It's going to be tough. And then that defensive front for the Rams is outstanding. And Tampa has some injuries on the offensive front. And, of course, Fournette is not 100%. He may play. Ronald Jones should be back. We'll see what Tampa can do. And Brady at home that Sunday. Uh, And, again, uh, San Francisco at Green Bay. Now, that is going to be a fun matchup. Because, again, even if it's cold, you can run. But Jimmy Garoppolo might find a way to lose that game like he almost found a way to lose the game against the uh, Cowboys Sunday. So that's happening. And then, again, let's talk about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is back to play. Let's see what form he takes. Let's see how much of uh, Derrick Henry is he. Is he 100% Derrick Henry or is he 85% Derrick Henry? I think Tennessee is just really, really underrated. I cannot see them losing this game. So here are my picks. I'm going to take Tennessee over Cincinnati. Green Bay over San Francisco, although that's going to be a, it's going to be close. Whew, I reluctantly take Tampa Bay over the Rams, but I can see the Rams winning. And I take Kansas City in what should be the game of the weekend. So give me your thoughts on that. 832-941-6614. 832-941-6614. Going to take a timeout. Come back on the other side with King T. Terrence Harris. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. For past episodes or more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams.
resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on the mix. You can check him out on SoundCloud and on Instagram and around the city of Houston doing his thing. You know him. Maybe you don't know him, but you should because he is the man. We certainly appreciate DJ Anarchy. And if you have music you want heard on the podcast, the genre doesn't matter. We'll play anything. All you have to do is email us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. And we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the episode. So if you're a DJ and you have a style that needs to be heard and you want more exposure, you, we got you. Musicwaysworkproductions.com. If you're a fledgling artist, if you know somebody in a band, rock band, jazz band, um, mariachi band, whatever kind of band, polka band, whatever, we got you. Musicwaysworkproductions.com, uh, productions.com, and uh, we'll play it. So uh, I talked about Dak, and let me say this about Dak. He did not live up to that moment. He just didn't. And I think, again, he's a. I think he was the right choice. I'm glad he got paid. He should have got paid. But, boy, he did not live up to it. And then he took the shot at the referees. So if you didn't see this, and I was going to make him a Lamont Award recipient for this. Essentially, he was notified that the fans were throwing things. He thought that the fans were throwing things at the players. He admonished the fans. He got after them. Said, hey, you, you know, these guys are trying, blah, blah, blah. And then he was informed that, no, I think they were throwing at the officials. More power to him, says that. Well, again, it was in the heat of the moment. He since apologized, but he was fined for it, and he should have been. I mean, he got way, way, way caught up in what happened with the officials in that last play. You have to know you didn't do the right thing. That's not a. That's not the play. That's not the play. You know, I would. You would have to go back to understand what the conversation was before that. But you have to have situational awareness. You have to be. You shouldn't have to have Kellen Moore the offensive coordinator, or Mike McCarthy, tell you what to do in that situation. You've been playing football your whole life. You've been a leader of men and boys your whole life. You live for this. You played this in the backyard. You did this in the two-minute drill in practice every week that you played, I'm sure. So you know what it is. You cut it close and you lost. Now you played yourself. Now don't blame that on the officials. And and Cowboy fans just think, oh, well, had he spiked it, the next play, C.D. Lamb would have went up and got a 35-yard, a 30-yard touchdown, and we would have went for two, and we would be on our way to Tampa this weekend. Not so fast, Grasshopper. So <laughs> with that, I want to bring in our guy from the Defender Network. You know him. You love him. It's King T, Terrence Harris. King T is back again for the new the first time in 2022 talking to our guy King T Terrence Harris of the Defender Network. Good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, my brother. Uh, happy New Year. Same to you, man. So glad to talk to you. We've touched base a couple of times, but we really had not had an opportunity to chop it up. And there's a lot going on in the NFL. And I want to start with this past weekend's opening wild card weekend, opening round of the playoffs. What was your biggest takeaway from the first, what, six games of the NFL playoffs? 
Well, from my biggest takeaway is that Buffalo and the Chiefs, they look for real, man. I'm telling you, the Super Bowl champion is coming out of that matchup this upcoming weekend. Wow. Uh, Nope. Yeah, I mean, those, those two teams look pretty darn incredible. I mean, and I, and I have a feeling that, you know, it's going to be the, one of those two teams in Green Bay is kind of how I see it. Yeah, a lot to be determined with that. And it, it seems like Green Bay has everything like they want it. And it seems like Tampa's kind of beat up. You can't really believe in Matthew Stafford. Now, again, it's going to be a great matchup with Brady versus Rodgers again. But Rodgers, they had their work cut out for them dealing with the Rams. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the elephant in the room, the Dallas Cowboys failing <laughs> again and again and again. I mean, first of all, I relished in that. And what I did, right. let me tell you what. I did so the first night I just let them have the night I didn't reach out to anybody because I know that is a hard hard fall for Dallas Cowboy fans how do you see that collapse up there up I-45 man well first of all it happens every year that they get in the playoffs I mean this is what happens I mean these guys usually don't win a game Sometimes they will win a, a game I mean I think what during this era between Romo and and, and Dak I think they both have a, a, a playoff victory apiece, and that's it. I mean, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, this is this has become the Cowboys. And once again, it goes back to Jerry Jones and him not always doing what's best for his organization. It's like if you have a Maserati or a, a Lamborghini, right? You don't go put some Nissan engine in it. You know, you go get the best stuff. At some point, you can't keep cutting corners. This is the most prized football organization in all of the NFL. It's, it's, the, it's the richest. I mean, it's, it's worth the most. And you have to, I think, invest in it that way. He's never gone out and gotten the best coach. He's resisted that. He hasn't gone out and gotten a real general manager and given that person total control and po total power and just do, do what most owners do, sit back and be an owner. You know, evaluate your business, but hire good people and let them go do their jobs. And at the end of the day, they, they just, to me, they're always still lacking in a, in, a, in a key area because, yeah, you might have some frontline type players, but it's not those guys. Those aren't the guys that win you championships, per se. It's those guys, those fourth and fifth rounders, those free agents, those undrafted free agents. Those are the gems that help you out. And they're missing the, the, the they have depth issues all over the place and everything else. And then you got a coach that just ain't quite there, an offensive coordinator who's been given way too much too early and, and, and too soon, and he's not worthy and not ready. And they weren't ready in that situation. Everybody looks at that situation at the end and they call it, they they think that that's the most damning situation. My problem is they should never have been in that spot. You're at home, you're the, the heavily favored team. And you can, you less you you never step on their necks. San Francisco came out from the very beginning and started hitting them in the mouth, and they didn't know what to do. Yeah, they weren't and, prepared. Right, and so it sounds like obviously the the person you're blame putting the most blame on is McCarthy. What would you do with him? Would you fire him? Or what, what? How would you handle the situation? If I were Jerry, I, would, I mean, at some point you got to realize that you made a mistake. You know, you can't continue to just go down that road with this guy because you have more than first-round exit talent that you have on your team, at some point you got to look at this guy and say, maybe this ain't the one. Maybe he's not the guy. 
Well, see, here's, um, here's, here's my issue, and I'll get your take on this. I think from a talent standpoint, they clearly were the more talented team. So they have talent. They're as talented, especially on the offensive side now, with the teams remaining, as anybody. So, you know, they have pieces in place. It just seems like they lose their poise. If you want to blame the coach, the organization, I thought Dak made a really dumb decision at the end of that game. They had 14 penalties. They just didn't have poise. It's an intangible thing that I can't put my finger on because you clearly have enough talent. Well, I mean, Dak didn't did make a bad decision, but I, but there's an argument to be made that between McCarthy and, and, and Kellen Moore, Dak should have been put in that position because you're a player. You're out there playing the game. You're not counting the clock, per se, while in the, in the heat of, of a play. So you don't know. Did Dak make a mistake by handing the football to the center as opposed to the to the umpire? Yeah, he did. I mean, but once again, you got adrenaline pumping at that point. Dude, you're not supposed to run the football in the middle of the field in that situation. You're supposed to run the football on the sidelines and get out of bounds. Right. And, and I think, again, when I think about it, and I, I hear what you're saying, that coaches should have coached him up and he should have been prepared. But they, they've said that you are the franchise leader. You are the guy. I don't see Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, the elite quarterbacks in this league, making that mistake. And, again, people always assume that even if they get the, the down ball, you still have to go 30 yards but, <laughs> for a touchdown. They just but, act but, like the touchdown was going to be a given thing on the very next play. But, Devin, here's the thing, though. I mean, I don't know how many times Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady have been put in that situation and, and asked to run the football in the middle of the field. They would not have been asked to do that. They don't get asked to do that kind of dumb stuff. So that's why they would not have made that mistake. I mean, most of us didn't really even know, didn't really understand what he did wrong initially. Just let's keep it real. To run in the middle of the field with only 14 seconds, you knew it was going to be uh, hard to get another snap off. Right. I mean, but you know, the whole, the, the whole chain of command thing, uh, you know, and, and how that ball is supposed to touch the umpire's hands. I think for a moment, Dak just got confused. So he thought he was in a street football game. And I, that's what you <laughs> might do in a street football game. You, you know, get that ball to your center. Hey, hike it again real quick so we can throw it down. Right. But, you right. know, I, he, there's just an argument to be made that perhaps you could have called a better play or that play should have been bounced outside to where Dak would have had an opportunity to get out of bounds if, if that play were open that way. If not, throw the damn football down the field, man. Yeah. Uh, don't quit playing. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. Yeah. Get yourself. And then, look, the, the 14 penalties, the, the Randy Gregory penalty where he just tackled the guard, that was just, the, I mean, like, just well, stupid plays. Just Now, once again, now, now here, here's the thing. I think that's one of those rules, and, and I get what you're saying. It was a dumb rule, but, I mean, it was dumb for him to do what he did. But that's a dumb rule. You're holding a guard. You call him holding because you're holding a guard. The guard ain't touching the football. He couldn't I mean, get out like on his block used, either. I mean, like, you know, like, like, for instance, there are some, in, in, at least in the college ranks, there are some defenses that, like, they have, a, like, Arizona. When I used to cover Arizona back in the day, they had the defense called the double eagle flex, right? And the defensive lineman literally blocked the offensive lineman to pave the way for the middle linebacker to make the tackle. And so sometimes that meant snatching that guy out the way or whatever you you had you put hands on the guy because he wasn't that guy carrying it. So I, I've never heard that before, but clearly it's a rule. Nobody you nobody cannot, had an issue with it. You, you cannot <laughs> tackle an offensive lineman. I mean, you know, they have hand fighting, and you can call something on every play, whether it's holding or defensive yeah. holding. I mean, you can call something on every play because a lot of times you want the refs to swallow their whistle. But how can you 
You cannot that wrap dumb, that, that man up. Dumb, that's a dumb rule, though. No, man. man the man, the pull, he was a pulling guard. He was he was around there to seal the edge, and he got tackled by Randy Gregory. So, uh, so you know, but but among the other things, I mean, just a lot of really fourteen penalties, man. And, yeah, that's a lot. And, and yeah. they just wilted under the pressure. And I think that maybe is Dak the guy to to lead that team. Well, whether he is or not, they paid him. So yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is. So, I mean, you know, that, that, well, you know, that that's the long and short answer. Yeah, he is because they just paid him. So yeah, so that's he, their guy. That's their guy. Speaking of guys, I, and I want to get to the Texans, but I want to ask you about your guy. You have Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Obviously, he had surgery, banged up. He didn't even finish the season. Just a disappointing season for what I thought and you thought, I'm sure a lot of folks thought, would be a a year in which they would win the division or be right there with Baltimore. And, of course, Baltimore got wiped out in the preseason, losing all those running backs. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson with COVID and injuries, he couldn't stay in the lineup. Seemed like everything was lining up for Cleveland. It just didn't happen. What happened? Let, let, let me, let me, and, and I hate to, because I, I don't want this to come off as making excuses, but I am going, I'm very, and I said this to someone else earlier today, right? I'm looking forward to about 10 years down the line when historians look back at this COVID era of sports. And, and I think that it's going to be just a little bit different because the results were a lot of time as a, as a result of, of, of the sickness, this virus, and not because of, in, in the sense that you know people aren't there at critical times who normally would be there because you because folks are quarantined and they're in protocols so you got coaches missing games critical players missing games and the name of this game the, the teams that have been success the most successful are the teams that have been able to avoid this virus for the most part and Browns, I mean, we had critical times when we lost critical players. I mean, you know. But isn't I, that an organizational problem if you can't keep your guys? No, we don't know that. I, we, <clears throat> I can't say that. I think it's it's a societal problem. But, I mean, I think some folks are luckier than others. So not everybody's going to get it at the same time or at the worst time or any of those things. But it happens. And so it's like the Browns had some issues. Now, now, now was, was that the only reason that, that it was frustrating? No. I mean, we. You know, could Baker have played better? Yes, he could have. Could could uh, Stavnaski had, had called better games? I, I wholeheartedly believe he could have and should have. I mean, you know, there was a lot, a lot of things that you pack in there that went into us having this disappointing season. But I also think that some teams got turned and twisted around because because of this virus that we're dealing with right now in this world. I mean, it's this very deadly, dangerous virus, and we're still trying to play athletics through it all. Like I always joke, but it, I'm serious. Like that title that the the, the Lakers that the, the NBA Invitational as I call it <laughs> that that the, that the Lakers won. I mean, you know, that don't really count, man. I mean, when when we look back on this and we look at how NBA championships are won and have been won, and we look at this one season where they had a, a four month stoppage, then restarted, and everybody played under under the same roof, you know, no travel, no different hotels, no different rims, no crowd. We're gonna look at this, I think, a little bit different, and, and, and we'll judge it different. So that's my thing about this whole era. I don't know how it's gonna be looked at. Could we have did better? Yes. You know, are we disappointed? Yes. But I mean, there's next season. 
Well, there's <laughs> always next season. The, uh, yeah. the, the, the other part of that is, you know, unfortunately, in some cases, you know, we don't look back at strike years like we should and be like, wait, wait a minute. They, you know, that was a strike year. They won the championship in the strike year. And, we, you know, especially in the NFL when they had the scrub players and Washington scrubs yeah. really outplayed everybody else's scrubs. We don't talk about that when we talk about Washington and Joe Gibbs winning the Super Bowl that year. But the other thing about the entire situation that I looked at with the Cleveland Browns. I looked at a guy last night that looked like a bona fide superstar, and I've been wondering where this guy was when he was playing near the Erie Canal. Talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Does that make you? Does that change your opinion about his usage in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield? No, I mean it doesn't. I mean I I, I feel like Baker could have did better with him, but I also think that Odell could have could have played better and played harder as well. I felt like his routes could have been designed a little bit different and a little bit better to get him open. I mean, I think a lot of folks played a part in it not working out in Cleveland. It wasn't just Baker Mayfield. I will also say this, like last night for, for the true Cleveland Browns fan, that upset me more because guess what? That's not how it should have went down. The Browns should have deactivated uh, that dude <laughs> They should never have let him walk because they, they gave up a lot to get him. It wasn't like they, you know, they he, somebody just handed them to the Giants just handed them over to us. So what the Browns should have did is said, okay, I guess what? Because you you and your dad wanted to go to this immature route, we're going to shut you down. We're going to deactivate you for the rest of the season, and then in March we're going to trade you <laughs> to a team that's going to benefit us. No way in the world would I get that. That was such a Cleveland thing to do. We're too nice sometimes. The Texans, they're not gonna get they're not gonna just say, you know something, Deshaun, peace. We're gonna let you walk. No, they're trying to get something for them. That's that's what or, smart organizations do. Well, you call the Texans a smart organization. Let's talk a little bit about that. <laughs> I didn't really mean that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> not them like circles. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the Texans. David Kelly, they bring him in. He had never been a coordinator in this league, never interviewed for a head coaching job. They bring him in to a really just a a situation where it was almost impossible to be successful. You don't have Deshaun Watson. And then along the course of the season, they started getting rid of Whitney Merciless, Zach Cunningham, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and others. They, I mean, so they really set him up, and yet that team never quit on him, and they had a couple of huge victories. And then, of course, they fired him. So what do you? What's your take on the whole David Cully debacle? And that's what I'll say. That's my opinion. That's my well, word. Devin, here, here it is, man. If David Cully were forty years old, first time head coach, had had been building his career towards this, and he only got a year. I mean, like like a guy like a Steve Wilkes in Arizona, then I would be totally up in arms about this. But David Cully had to walk into this situation, and I know this guy was cagey enough to walk into this situation before he got, he knew the setup and he knew that this, this was not his situation to really win, but he could get out of this, a very nice retirement nest egg. I'm, I'm here somewhere about $20 million is with the, that. That's yeah. 22. Total deal. Yeah. 22 was the, the number that I'd, I'd heard. Yeah. So $22 million is, is what he got. And so now he gets to walk with, he, well, he made five of it or whatever he made this season. And now they get they owe him for the the, the three years three of those years are guaranteed, so I think he's walking with about fifteen sixteen million dollars. I'm, I'm hearing. So guess what? David Cully's cool. That that's what this <laughs> right. was always for. David Cully was never here 
to really be the long-term solution to the Texans, you know, coaching situation. But I think what they thought is, and let's just kind of keep it real, when Deshaun was angry because of Casario, I think, and, and, and then all of a sudden, he wasn't giving input on the on the coaching uh, search like he like he was told he would. So what somebody did is they said, "Well, to appease him, we'll, we'll just bring a black face in here." That's Video what it felt face. like. That's, and, that's and, what and it felt they, like. And I think they thought that was going to be good enough to appease him for a minute, while Casario figured out whatever it is he's trying to do or really wants to do in terms of this coaching hire. I think that's what Cully got caught up in. And the worst thing that happened to David Cully, I feel like. I think Sunday night, he was still the Texans coach. Monday morning became the problem when Brian Flores all of a sudden became available. <laughs> That's when his job, you know, then, uh-oh. But I'm going to even go further and say this, Devin. I think what, what was really, this is what I, the conversation or the, the scenario that really cracks me up the most in all of this is, could you imagine going to the to the CEO of your company and convincing him one year, Hey, I want this guy. So write me a check for twenty million dollars <laughs> for this guy, right? Right. And, and no, I don't think he's our long term, but he's going to be the bridge guy to get us to where you know while we're rebuilding this. And I think he's a solid guy who can, who you know, can rally this team, teach them a lot, and then get them ready for our next phase. But then, dude comes in the next year and says. You know, on second thought, <laughs> let's, let's pull I, a plug I think this now. ain't gonna work out. This is this, this is even shorter term than I thought. So, yeah, I know we're on the hook for him for another fifteen, twenty million dollars, sixteen million dollars. But I want I want to go ahead and get rid of him. I want to bring another guy in and now put you on the hook for another twenty five million dollars to pay him. And then, of course, he's gonna want his own staff. And so, you got coaches that got multiple year contracts. So you got to pay them too, but so what? I mean, let's let's do it. And, and so I want you to still look at me as a competent general manager at the same time. I mean, Nick Casario's a bad man. <laughs> I to mean, be able to on, weave, man, this, to weave yeah, that I tapestry, mean, huh? Well, what this what this whole situation tells me is that the NFL and these NFL teams are printing money. Oh yeah, yeah. When you can throw money away, I mean, just, you're about to pay a man fifteen, sixteen million dollars not to coach. And not only look, how much did you pay Deshaun Watson this year not to play? <laughs> not to play. You gave him ten million dollars not to play. Right. I mean, so you, you know, I, and I'm looking at this dude like, man, you're costing me a lot of money. And we I, don't I have anything dead, to show for. I got a lot of dead money out here, and they're still on the uh, on the hook for O'Brien. I think through this year. I mean, that's a lot of money out there. It's a lot of a lot of money out there, man. So let's so, let's talk about. Let me ask you about Flores because Flores. Okay, initially I thought, okay, that's the move that they're going to make. But then I started to hear things about Miami and him wanting more control in the organization. That's not going to work with Nick Casario. So I don't know that that is a good fit anyway. And, and, they, then, she, and they also talked about, well, if Flores comes, then Deshaun Watson may want to stay. No, Deshaun Watson is gone. His problem is with the organization. He's never playing for the Texans. And, and again, I don't think Flores is the guy. What's your take? He he could be this guy's guy. Keep in mind, they have to they they know each other. They're friends, the Flores and Nick Casario. That's why you have that connection, because they work together up in in New England. So Flores isn't going to necessarily want to control that he probably would want in Miami, 
because he already has a guy who thinks like him as the general manager. So in other words, he'll, so, so he'll get him what he wants. So they, they right? already they already think alike. Man, so let they, me ask they, you this: Is is Houston a better job than say Chicago? He already interviewed for the Chicago job. I mean, I think they're other than, way it, better. It's, it's, I think it's definitely better than Chicago. I'm not a hundred percent certain it's better than the Giants. I think the Giants, that's a great job, and that, that would be the job that I would want. I, I would not want to touch New York. My, the, the best job for me is Minnesota. You got Dalvin Cook. You have uh, Thielen. You have Justin Jefferson. You you got some talent on that team on both sides of the football, and that would be the team that I would want to – because I think that's the team that's ready right now to win if you can get a better play or consistent play from your quarterback. Yeah, but you 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 come to that New York market, and and if say like there is this you know rumored connection between Deshaun and and now Deshaun could somehow end up in New York, and now you've solved your quarterback problem, your your quarterback quandary, you've gotten that resolved. You don't like Daniel uh, Jones? You don't like Jones? I I mean Jones no, is okay. No, well I I don't like him over Deshaun. Well, no, nah, nobody likes. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah, I'm saying I mean, that's, that's not your number about. one. Yeah, I know, but that's not your number one issue. You have other issues. Um, yeah, but, you, but any team, I mean, the first the first order of business is to solve your quarterback issue. Know who your quarterback is. Get have the best possible player you can possibly have in that position. And so Deshaun would give them that. And then on top of that, I'm in New York. I don't know what their salary cap issue might look like, but I mean, you know, clearly Saquon wasn't the answer to, so you you, you got to move on from him. It just depends on how much you're going to end up giving up to get it to Sean, because that's the other thing too, is that you know if you you're going to lose some draft picks and draft capital, you know, to obtain him. But you know, but you can rebuild through the draft. You can be rebuild through free agency. Because it's the New York Giants, you're going to have players who are going to want to come play there. You're never going to have an issue because of that. And I think it's also the weakest division in football. And because it's the weakest division in football, it's the most winnable. So I think it's just going to take you getting the right few players here and there to, to turn the Giants on. I mean, and then before you know it, they could be contending. I mean, they could they could be – nobody should be scared of the Cowboys. Nobody should be scared of Philadelphia. And definitely nobody should be scared of that other team, that the Washington, whatever they call themselves. Yeah, they'll have a new nickname in about a month. So yeah, yeah. So, any any know, upsets I'm, you predicting this weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely see one. I mean, I I see the I see my my I, I was about to say my, but I'm you know my home state, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, going into Tennessee and taking one, baby. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, Derrick Henry looks like he's going to play. I don't see that happening. I, I, I like think Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati's defense. Yeah, and, and, and man, you got to be impressed with Burrow. I mean, come oh yeah, on, yeah, that, oh, he's the truth. He, that kid, Jamar Chase, man. is the truth. Those two are the truth. The truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm like in a, in a corner in the in the dark when ain't nobody watching. I'm watching them like, dang, you so. know, like I wish we had that, you know. Yeah, and you thought you did with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, and you know, and yeah, what, but then and so we brought goes. in this three tight end system that make no makes no sense to me. It didn't that that system doesn't match the talent that was here. With it, how can folks uh, reach you, read you, hear from you? Uh, what are ways that people can reach out? I mean, come on, check me out at, um, on my Twitter page at Terrence Harris. You know, or, or, or jump over to you know the Defender network or you know and and, and check me out there I, i'm i'm their their colleges and pro sports editor so i handle all of their coverage so come check me out there and let's do it let's chop it up 
Hey, man, well, always is great to hear from you, and we look forward to talking to you real soon. Same here, bro. Thank you. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. As always, we certainly appreciate hearing from King T. Terrence Harris. With that, going to take a brief time out, come back on the other side with on the Modern Award and a little bit more. Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. Welcome back to Sports Talk. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade'sWord. Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. We were going to have a visit from Biscuit. Couldn't make that happen. Had some some issues connecting with him. But we were going to bring him aboard for a brand new segment that is not a brand new segment. It's something we did years ago. But something we hadn't done in a long, long time. The Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. If you heard it last time out, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, uh, we did create an intro. So I have that in place. And uh, we'll have to get him on real soon. But he's dealing with some stuff, and we just couldn't connect. And, yeah, we talked about some fun stuff, including <laughs> America's dad. And it looks like, uh, wow, there's going to be a four-part documentary on Showtime about Bill Cosby. We will never be the same. <laughs> so, but I did go online. You guys did respond. I wasn't, I wasn't in a vacuum. I wasn't on cloud nine or whatever. I wasn't on space mountain when I said that, Hey, how did he just lose the title like that? But I get it. I get it. So you'll have to go back and listen to the last episode. If you didn't hear the Juan Flores entertainment moment with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preserver and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, if you are old enough and or a student of history, you may remember the name Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes was the legendary coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes for many, many years. He was a big-time coach in the 50s, maybe the 50s, certainly the 60s and the 70s. And towards the end of his career, he was in a bowl game. Ohio State was. He was coaching Ohio State. They were playing Clemson. Something happened where there was an incident on his sideline, and he punched a Clemson player. Now, that, <laughs> that punch, which I don't think really hurt the player, it resulted in Woody Hayes' stellar career coming to an abrupt end. He was canceled before canceling was a thing, and he was out of it. And that was the end. Of, he, was, he was an older guy. He had old ways, 
and it was clear that in the 80s, we didn't do that anymore. Well, let's fast forward to 2022, where Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians was fined $50,000 for slapping his own player. So he said that he will appeal this. So here's what happened. The incident occurred in the third quarter during a scrum on the Bucks' sideline. The Eagles' Jalen Rieger fumbled a punt return, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers recovered it in an ensuing pile. Arians then went after Andrew Adams, a safety for his team, to make sure that he didn't pull other players off the pile, which would have drawn a penalty. Now, Arians slapped Adams on the helmet, followed by an elbow to the shoulder. Now, I looked at the video. Now, that came from TheGuardian.com. Now, I looked at the video. Yeah, he slapped him across the head, but also the elbow was kind of a... He didn't really elbow him. But he did slap him across the helmet. Now, here we are. I'm kind of old school, so I remember when coaches could do stuff like that. It wasn't a big deal. But let me tell you this, Bruce Arians. You don't go around slapping no grown-ass man. You don't do that because you can catch some smoke. Now, again, it's a tempest in the teapot because he didn't hurt the guy. But, no, you need to keep your damn hands to yourself, man. Don't you hit no grown people? You don't put your hands on grown people because <laughs> you don't know what will happen. You don't know if he didn't know it was you, if he reacted, if it was just in the heat of the moment, and you would have caught a two-piece. You just don't do that. So, again, while the $50,000 fine, I mean, I could take it or leave it. He's going to appeal it. I mean, yeah, they probably should fine him. You shouldn't put your hands on anybody else. Oh, either do this. Say, okay, we're not going to fine you, Bruce Arians, but if you do something like that and you catch one across the jaw, we're not going to do anything to that player, and we're going to make sure that the organization doesn't do anything to that player for responding to your violence with their violence. But for that reason, Bruce Arians, you definitely are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you can't put your hands on a grown man. Again, it wasn't much. They slap each other harder after a first down. But it's just the point. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so hopefully Bruce Arians will learn his lesson. And I'm glad the kid didn't respond. I don't I mean, again, he probably didn't even pay attention to it. But it's just one of those things that caught momentum on Twitter and the video and all of that. And so it goes. With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank our guy Terrence Harris. Want to thank DJ Anarchy. Want to thank our sponsors, Brighter Brains and Cobank Homes. Want to thank you guys for tuning in. Look forward to coming to you really, really soon. Hit us up, 832-941-6614 or on Twitter at Wade's Word. And please join the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook and the fan page like that. And make sure you rate us. Make sure you comment and leave us some feedback and continue to share the podcast with your friends. But if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> this has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.